Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Astrology Hub podcast. This is our flagship show dedicated to sharing the multitude of astrological perspectives and approaches. We feature up-and-coming astrologers in the field, as well as living legends, and we connect you with experts and thought leaders in fields related to astrology, demonstrating how astrology can support you in so many areas of your life. And today, I am thrilled to be introducing you to... Ray Sapp, who is the owner of the Mountain Astrologer magazine. She is also an astrologer herself. And I was so honored to be featured actually in the most recent um, edition of the Mountain Astrologer. And we thought, wouldn't it be fun to come on and have a discussion about the Mountain Astrologer, how you became the owner of it, some history of it, your vision for the future, and then also this topic of Saturn and Uranus which we've been exploring all year with the squares, and this idea of passing the baton. So I love this. Ray, I'm super excited to have you here. Thank you for joining us, and um, just welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Um, again, thank you so much for being interviewed with Linda Bird and featured in our most recent issue. I think it's such a beautiful edition. Uh, this is kind of our hybrid transition issue, um, so I'm going to kind of talk about the roots of the magazine, where it came and how I got here. Ray, I, I have to admit, I was a bit nervous. I, I have never had my words in print this way. Like this was my first experience. So Linda interviewed me and this was months ago. And afterwards I went, oh gosh, I, I feel nervous about this. Like for the first time being really nervous. But then when I saw what you, how, Jen Zart was the editor, right? Or yeah, one of them. We have a team of editors, but she's our senior editor. Oh my gosh. The editors did such an incredible job. I felt so honored. I felt so seen. I just, it was, it was amazing. It was beyond my expectations. So congrats to you and your amazing team. And thank you so much for representing me and Astrology Hub in such a beautiful light. And it's, you know, it's one of the things that, that, that we take pride in at Astrology Hub is to really show astrologers in their best light. And so to have that happen in return was really, really nice. So yeah. thank you. Thank you. Yes. And I've heard such amazing feedback from people who have read the interview. And, and so we'll talk about that a little bit later and how people can pick up a copy of it if they're interested. Let's talk about this. So, so we actually met Tem years ago. When I first started Astrology Hub, we had several discussions with him. He was so kind and beautiful and generous with his time. And he has recently graduated, which is what I like to say, recently <laughs> tra transitioned. And so now you have taken over the helm as the leader of the Mountain Astrologer. So tell us a little bit about that story. Yeah. Okay. So uh, real quick, uh, my mom started studying astrology when I was six months old. So I was born into the art and I've been studying since I'd say arguably birth. <laughs> um, but so when I interviewed with the mountain astrologer, it was for uh, the customer service circulation position. Um, and it was really kind of a magical way of actually even just getting there. Um, but that's a longer story and I'll leave that part out. But so um, in my interview with Tim, I had talked to him about how, you know, I was looking for a part-time job to help support me starting my practice because uh, I had just graduated from Maurice's uh, evolutionary um, astrology program. And uh, he was like, okay, well, like, how long are you thinking? And I was like, maybe like two years. And he was like, all right, that's perfect. And I told him a little bit about the Which Way Cafe, which is my astrology business and the, what I had hoped it to kind of 
come into. And he's like, well, that sounds like a place that I would like to visit. Um, and so I do hope that someday these two will merge in that way. But so, um, yeah, I started in January of 2018 in customer service. And, you know, it was definitely that feeling of, you know, coming home because, like I said, my mom was an astrologer and I grew up like reading astrology books. Like they were the first books that I ever wanted to read when I was young and I would just dive into them. Kind of like going behind, you know, the curtain of Oz uh, where there's that element of it's this beautiful, you know, presentation of this art to our community in the form of a magazine. And yet it's this tiny, humble team that pulls it off in this, you know, adorable little office in Grass Valley, California. Um, And so that was, you know, a treat in itself of just to kind of see, you know, this tiny group of people make magic happen. When I walked in though, you know, Tim's wife, Kate was really ill and had been really ill since the end of 2017. And I was also the only person under the age of 60 on the staff. So, um, <laughs> talk about Saturn, Uranus, generational squares and kind of that bridging of, but so like I said, right before we hopped on, uh, I was telling her in Jamie and subscriptions that, you know, we were still had this really old system where I would open the email with the order, I would print it out, and then I would enter what was printed on that paper into a separate database. And I even asked them, I was like, well, can I just open the email and enter the information? And they're like, if you think that'll work. And I was like, it will. (laughs) Um, So it's been a lot of, you know, upgrades, you know, so there was a lot that they had on their plates, you know, and Nan was getting ready to retire and wanted to retire. And so there was really this feeling of, you know, this giant in the community and also just going through their own struggles. And in October of 2018 uh, was when Tem discovered a lump on his throat. And it was a really aggressive form of thyroid cancer. Um, And so he was diagnosed in October and he passed away in July of 2019. I actually kind of brought this with me because it was when that happened, it was like, well, Tim, what do we need to do? I was like, we can keep this going. You know, like, you know, like, let's do this. And he was like, all right. And, you know, he was in talks with Frank at the time and Frank was going to take over. And, you know, it's been a wild dance and a wild journey, to be honest. But so I put this little tank girl image up on our bulletin board and it essentially says, you know, I can't let things be this way. We can do this. It can be wonderful. So it was really just all of us, you know, coming together. And, you know, Tim really held everything in his head you know he was this mastermind and so a lot of it was just me saying okay I need you to put this all down on paper for me you know and I just asked him so many questions and you know it was it was a really grueling process because of his treatments and how fast it went but so a week before he passed he was like, okay, I'm making you operations manager and, you know, carry it forward. Here's the torch, see what you can do. Um, and so I was really helping Kate and the team along. And finally, last December, uh, we negotiated um, a sale and here I am. Oh my gosh. That is an incredible story, Ray. I mean, really, I cannot believe that you started in customer service in 2018 and here we are three years later and you own the company and you're running it and you're working to transform so many aspects of it and just really make it current. And it's just, it's it's incredible. And what I love is that the graphic that you showed, 
what does she say? She says, curse it. so it has a curse word in it. If you need oh. me to edit that out, I can. Okay. <laughs> um, I can't let things be this way. We can be wonderful. We can be magnificent. We can turn this stuff around. You know what? I love that for the situation you were in, but also for the situation we are in, you know, as a collective humanity, just that like, there's something so beautiful and, and I hope you don't take offense to this at all, but there's like a, a really beautiful innocence and, and like naivete in a way of being yeah. like, we can do this. There's no reason why, you know, and, but, but that's actually, I've noticed in my own life when I approach things that way. I get into like the craziest situations, but they're also the best situations. And if I had known more, I probably wouldn't have done it. So it's really good when I don't know. And I go, yeah, let's just do it. And then you get into it and go, whoa, that was really bold. Like, that was really well, I joke sometimes. I was like, you know, someone had told me everything that I was signing up for when I walked in that door. I probably would have turned and ran then. Exactly. But I'm you know, glad that I didn't. <laughs> exactly. But now you're here and it's good you didn't know. I also have a question about your mom because I have two little girls who I bet I can imagine them someday being like saying very similar things to you. Like my mom started studying when I was six months old and I grew up with it all around me. What did your mom do to, to not turn you off from it? Like why did, why was it always compelling to you and not something that you were like, oh, that's my mom's weird thing. And I'm going to rebel against that. You know, I don't know. I mean, I think in some ways I really just kind of came into the art. Like I was obsessed with it. There was nothing where she put, could have like turned me off. It was more of like, okay, mom, like what can I learn next? And, you know, yeah. she kind of started with, okay, learn everything you need to do about Aries. Start there, you know, and she's like, and report back. And, you know, because she had all the software and stuff, like I used to play with astrology software as like, you know, like I said, I had no idea what I was doing. It was just tinkering and like, okay, what's the symbol? And again, I have my moon in Aquarius. And so I really think that part of it is just, you know, give me more. So as far as what she could have done to turn off, I have talked to other people who have grown up with, you know, astrologer parents. Um, and they had said, you know, sometimes it's overwhelming or I think that desire to help you know, to like, let me guide you. I, I have this insight. And I think, you know, my mom is a Gemini moon, like you are. And I think the air moon quality, she really had a detachment, you know, she let me come into it, you know, it was wasn't ever forced. That's probably the key right there is, is not is not forcing it down their throats and <laughs> be like, yeah. you need to do this or this is the way it is. And yes, I have one daughter who's very into it. And the other one who I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Like the jury's definitely out if she'll be that into it. Okay. So Ray, let's talk about this idea of the Saturn Uranus square and the idea of passing the baton and how this is showing up in the context of the world and also in the context of astrology. Like what are you seeing there? So one of the things I see in particular is, you know, Saturn and Uranus squares are part of the readjustment or the bridging of generations. Uh, you know, if the Uranus is traditionally what brings in the exciting, the new, the experimental, the, you know, we have to test what Saturn has done. You know, if Saturn is time-tested wisdom, Uranus does. It wants to kind of say, is there something we can do differently? Like, yes, this has worked for the amount of time that it has, but as time changes, what in that needs to shift? And so I feel like particularly right now with Saturn in Aquarius, which 
is answering to that Uranus, you know? So it's a little different sometimes than when the square is happening in other signs, but there's almost more of a willingness to go there. And we are, you know, after the Saturn-Pluto conjunction of 2020, we've all been ushered into a radically new world. And the way in which we've all kind of been forced into the cyber arena, which is very, you know, Saturn and Aquarius and Uranus as well. It, it's this new arena that we're navigating together. Um, and, you know, if this had happened 10 years prior, we wouldn't have had the technology to, you know, go remote the way that everyone was able to, even if that had its own challenges. But, you know, it really was the world had kind of set the stage for this shift. Um, and so with this generation bridging, you know, I find that it often is, you know, younger generations and older generations. And how do we find that common ground rather than focusing on our differences? How do we respect and honor elder wisdom and also listen to, you know, the young folks, you know, what, what gems are held in, you know, the minds of child, you know, or children, we talk about, you know, this element of, you know, seeing things fresh. And so, you know, in particular, you know, like this last issue that we did of the Mountain Astrologer, I said it's kind of like our hybrid transition issue. So with our next issue, we're moving into being um, four quarterlies and an annual yearbook. But so this feels like such a culmination because we're also doing a redesign. And so, again, I feel like I've been so honored to step into, again, this giant in the astrology community, which luckily has felt like family to me because of my background. But there's still this element of I know that I'm being held to that Saturn standard and that there are those in the community who have loved this magazine in some ways, like no matter what change I bring is going to be upsetting. And so I think that, again, part of this dance is how do we cater to those who have loved the magazine as long as they have, and also usher in the younger generation who's excited about astrology, but doesn't know the community, doesn't know the resources that are available. And again, how do we speak both languages? How do we get to the heart of both of them without, again, turning one generation off? Oh, this is, I mean, this is so rich. There's so much here because it's it's true. And and I, I have the same exact things happen within my own community. You know, there, there's things that you put in place, people get used to it, they like it that way. And then you have people come in that go, well, why are you doing it that way? It could be this way, which would be so much better. It's like, and it can seem challenging to actually accomplish both things. But I guess that's like the nature of the square, right? I mean, where yes. it seems like it seems like you cannot accomplish both things. But I do see that the invitation is to, like you said, pull the gems from all of it and really all of us needing to practice this like beginner's mind in some way. You know, all of us looking at things with those fresh eyes, like you said, and bringing in entirely new ways that could be even better. And I think it's it's like, you know, how can we just continually make this better? Yes, there's always at that transition time that feels a little funky where you have to like reorient yourself to the new thing. And then most of the time it's like, well, the new thing is great. Like I'm I'm glad we made those shifts. And it's interesting, Ray, too. I've heard from some of the the more elder voices in the community that have felt somewhat kind of like outcast recently. Like they don't feel like their their wisdom is is desired anymore. And I'm like, whoa, that is that's not good either. Like we don't, no. you know, like that is they have they have the wisdom, the experience, the years, 
the cultivation that they've done within uh, within themselves that is irreplaceable. Like it doesn't matter how smart and how amazing, you know, some of us are that are on the younger end of it. It's like what they have is is irreplaceable. So how do we thread? And I, and I'm with you in this. It's like the threading of of both cuz cuz the, the 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 fresh voices or the the newer voices, they also have something to contribute. And it's how yes. can we do this in a way where it's not mutually exclusive? Exactly. And like you said, that it's that creative tension of the square. And again, with Saturn and Uranus, I feel that they are so much of our social structure. And so again, when I say like bridging the generations, it's it's what are the the foundations that we create so that we can build community, so that we can come together. And so like you said, of the making sure that the elders don't feel like they've been pushed out anymore yeah yeah Yeah. and i think that that's particularly sensitive in our culture you know because we have such a you know youth yang centric culture Mm -hmm. uh whereas you know the yen has always kind of been more of that crone you know and i see saturn as very feminine uh and it's one of those things that i talk a lot about but so again you know honoring the elders honoring the voice of the young and again that creative tension of Where's the middle ground? What do I need to compromise on? Uh, and like you said, like that uncom- the discomfort or the edginess or almost the jankiness that comes along when we are navigating new territory. But I think the best part is really learning to listen because I think sometimes, especially with you know Uranian energy or Saturn and Aquarius, like sometimes it's actually that crystallization of elite thinking, or um, you know I am above or I am superior. And so I think you know such a big part of this is the humbling to just be present with everything. You know, everyone has something to teach us. Mm. Whew, beautiful, right? And there's so many amazing things in there. The humil- humility and then the listening as well. I think. And the elitism that can come in a lot on both on all ends of the spectrum, right? The elders being like, oh, you're young. You don't know. You haven't lived yet. And the young ones being like, oh, you're old. Like, you don't get what it's like for us. You didn't grow up in this time. So that that can happen on both sides. And like you said, that finding that space where we can be humble enough to listen to all of it and see the gifts, you know, see the the gifts that it has to offer. So how are you doing that? Like, this is, I'm super curious because this is, this must be huge for you because you're, you're on the definite younger end of the spectrum. You're not the owner, you're the owner of like a, um, like probably one of the longest, like, is it must be the longest standing publication in astrology. I think it is the land, longest standing astrological publication at this point. Yeah. It was actually, I wanted to look, you know, um, Noel Till created Astrology Now that was present in the 70s, but I mm-hmm. don't know when it stopped producing. Okay. And actually, so again, one of the big transitions that TMA went through um, after 10 passed was so in early 2020, the magazine Del Horoscope. Are you familiar with it? Yes, because. Rick Levine was associated with that for a while too, right? I'm sure. I mean, I know many, you know, uh, Del Horoscope was essentially one of the other, you know, magazines. I know we have a lot of journals, you know, and a lot of organizations make their, you know, member magazines. But as far as something that's, you know, available through subscription or again, on a newsstand in a store is, you know, Del Horoscope and Mountain Astrologer. Um, Well, so Dell at the beginning of 2020 uh, contacted us and said that they were, you know, looking to close down Dell Horoscope, and they had asked us if we wanted to take it over. And you know, I let them know I was like, you know, 
this is what's just happened at the Mountain Astrologer. You know, like we're just doing the best we can with our tiny little team and our tiny little budget to make happen what we make happen. I was like, I don't think we're in a space to do that. And then they came back and they're like, well, would you be interested in sending your magazine to the remainder of our subscribers? And so again, you know, being on the subscription end, I understand, you know, subscription debt is one of the biggest things that you carry in a magazine. Um, and so, you know, they paid us a certain amount uh, to have the magazine delivered to their subscribers, which was then also a boon for us because again, their magazine was ending. And so we brought them on. So like right now we're kind of half and half, you know, half people used to be Del Horse subscribers and half were, you know, TMA. And so that also brings in another edge where it's not just the generational square of how do we bring in the younger readers and still make the older readers happy, but how do we make Del Horoscope readers happy and, you know, TMA subscribers happy. And so there's a lot of um, juggling that's going on there. And I feel like, again, just as long as we present the amazing people like you have on your podcast and you bring the community together and bring voices you know it's such a hot subject right now and people are really finding their way to it in different ways so what are your uh, you you said um finding those underlying principles that the community can come together around do you have those crystallized for yourself or does the mountain astrologer have those crystallized or is it in process I see. I think it's in process, you know, and I was actually, so I have Saturn and Uranus conjunct uh, natally and they sandwich my ascendant. So Saturn sits in the 12th house on top of it and Uranus is right on the ascendant in the first. And so again, it's actually a passion of mine because again, also being a Capricorn, that reverence for elders. And I think that and also, again, the Uranus. So I also have that edgy radical of like, okay, let's shake it up. But I think that it's, again, kind of coming back to our humanity. And I think particularly as we become elders, that ability to remember what it was like when you were young, even if the landscape right now of what the youth is going through is so radically different than what it was like, again, even 30 years ago, you know, the transformations that society has taken that has taken place is just you know, mind bending in a lot of ways. But so again, the, the ability to remember your own youth and then to also remember that we didn't, as youth, we didn't get here without the guidance of elders. You know, we didn't get here without their wisdom. And so it's the, I think one of the most like underlying foundational principles for me is actually vulnerability, you know, because Again, as we kind of talk about elitism or, you know, superiority complexes, I find that that often just comes from a place of fear or insecurity. And when we can drop into, again, our emotions and meet people as, again, just fellow humans, that, that humble place of like, we're all here together. Wow. Ray, I forgot that you were a Capricorn. I'm like, of course she's a Capricorn. Like we're literally speaking the same language when it comes to what what we value. And I think it's so important what you're saying there in terms of um, vulnerability. One of the things I've, I've noticed is that one of the most challenging things for us as humans is to really open ourselves up to feeling the spectrum of feelings that come when we take down the walls of protection. And that that willingness to say, okay, like I'm going to open myself up. I'm going to open myself up to this perspective. I'm going to open myself up to this person. I'm going to open myself up to this other way of looking at things. 
being willing to feel whatever that brings up for us in the process is huge because if we're not willing to feel it, we just, we put up the walls, we put them over there in a box and we just don't deal with it. But that's where so much of the conflict is happening is in my humble opinion, part of the core of what's happening. So I can see why vulnerability would be an amazing core principle for a company, for a group, for a community. And again, I think, especially when we talk about, you know, Saturn and Aquarius and not Uranus, I mean, Uranus just in general, whatever sign Uranus is in and Saturn and Aquarius is because again, that, that feeling of crystallization that comes with the sign of Aquarius and the planet Uranus, where even as we talk about objectivity with that sign, or again, that ability to have a higher perspective can sometimes make you get stuck in that superiority of I'm always looking at how things are rather than, again, that process of, I kind of call it mortification and how actually important it is for us to kind of step into the humor that is there, you know, like actually how much we can laugh at ourselves when we're allowed to be vulnerable and kind of shed those icy exteriors. Yes. Humor is huge. Absolutely. And laughing at how funny it is to be human at times. Like it's just, it's, it's funny. Uh, the things that we are, we go through, the things that we put ourselves through. Well, I, yeah. think about, I mean, I always kind of talk about this with Saturn of how bodily pain actually makes us laugh. Like when we fall, when we, you know, eat, you know, <laughs> and then we laugh at ourselves. Like it's kind of wildly hilarious to be at the like whim of gravity, you know, knowing that we don't have any control over it. So true. So true. So Ray, tell us a little bit about the vision for the mountain astrology moving forward. So you have this new, this company that you're now at the helm of, you have this, the Dell horoscope that you're now in charge of, and we have the future. So what, what are some of the visions that you're bringing in? So one of the shifts that we're doing um, is kind of, we call it weird arts and culture. And uh, that's what TMA has always been. But so I love the weird, the word weird. And I love everything that goes around it. And I don't know if you're familiar with the history of the word weird, particularly W-Y-R-D. Only from Adam Summers podcast. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But go ahead, because I don't know that everybody's heard that. Yeah. Um, so it actually is the root of our current word weird, but they haven't maintained any of the same meaning, which is interesting. So we actually put it in our latest issue. So the word weird is fate personified, personal destiny, to be full of spirit, to turn or rotate, to come to pass, to become due. And then this is a little quote, weird is the very boundary between the essence and the appearance of things. It describes the sensory and affective impressions that haunt our encounters with the real things that mark us. And I feel like that right there really sums up the power of astrology in a lot of ways to me. So we really want to bring in more artists from the community. So we're working right now in like crunch period of a redesign uh, that we're going to launch with the first quarterly issue. And part of it that we're working on, too, is digitizing the past. Right now, we have the TMA Digital Library back to 1997, and we're working on getting those first 10 years, uh, which, again, you know, it started as just a tiny eight-page newsletter in Boulder, Colorado. And so, again, like, hand-drawn chart in the first one. Like, oh, 
Amazing. I mean, how much how much is the statement digitizing the past? That's beautiful. And I love that I love that you said the definition of weird because I was reminded. And I remember when Adam Summer would talk about it, I was like, oh yes, I love that. And how interesting that it's been flipped to be something that we don't want to be. And it's it's like this insult, but, but actually when you, when you get to the root of it, it's like, that is not an insult at all. That is oh. <laughs> talk about being alive, talk about being human, talk about having a human experience at its fullest. Yes. Well, and again, and I think again, we talk about like the restructuring of society. I think we're seeing a revitalization of like that Cry of, yes, I'm weird. Yes. No, let freak flag fly. Yes, good. I don't, when, when my girls, um, they, one of them came home from school and someone called one of them weird. And I was like, congratulations. That is such a compliment. Like, yes, yes high five. So now we just call each other weird because I want them to get used to be like, you are who you are. And yeah. that could be weird to someone else, but that's who you are. And being weird is good. Like being really normal, eh, not so great. <laughs> Yeah. Um, awesome. I love it, Ray. So that that's a beautiful vision as you're moving forward. So you're going to be in, incorporating more artists. Um, you're doing the digitizing of the past. Anything else that you're working on? Yeah. So and part of the digitizing of the past is we're building a new digital library. And so part of that is so that everyone can experience what I call the magazine closet, which was my favorite thing of starting, um, you know, and just kind of being submerged. And there's you know, going back through these old issues, one of the things that I love so much is it's not just the articles and the content. Like, um, Ross, who works with us, who came on in 2020 and was helping me do kind of the first step of one of the digitizing projects that we did. You know, we were laughing and enjoying the old um, advertisements, even in the old issues. You know, like they're like holding up CDs. And like, you know, like it's, yes. It's charming. And again, and we talk about this like bridging of the generations and how, you know, the square kind of moves us into the future, you know, being able to look at, you know, these old forms of art and old forms of advertising. And again, just seeing how far we've come and how beautiful it is. Um, and even particular, you know, a lot of the amazing astrologers who are our elders now in the community, you know, seeing their young photos and their big 80s hair. Like, I just, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> awesome. I love it. I love that you call it the magazine closet because it's just so, it's like, feels so intimate. I can imagine you as a little girl with your little magazine, <laughs> just reading all the articles and just absorbing it. And I know there's so many people in our community who, you know, grew up with the books and like, just devoured everything that they could yes. and a lot of them had to hide it you know they had to be you know in the magazine in the in the closet reading all their astrology things so brilliant i'm so happy that we've been able to hook up i'm so happy that um we have this this joint vision to me it feels very congruous you know really con uh, congruous that we're both seeing the opportunity for there to be this um you know, pulling it all together, that being able to rally around what we do value instead of separating on what we don't and really staying focused on that. And then being able to bring the gift of astrology out to more people, like more, you know, the, bring it out at a time when it seems like the world could use it more than ever. Exactly. And so, you know, our vision for the future really is to, you know, keep that heart of TMA, which is, you know, we like to call it the, the water cooler. 
Um, you know, and I think, you know, pre-social media, you know, having a magazine really did feel like this place where people could go and find community. And it was one of the only arenas where it's like you could share writing with one another. Mm. And so while we move out of that, and I honestly don't know what the future of print publications is, you know, part of the Saturday you're on a square, it'll be something mm. we dance with and see how it evolves. But it's just, again, bringing people out of the closet, bringing this art out of the closet, which I think, again, is a natural shift that's transpiring right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's needed. It's always been needed. But I think that there is, again, with the breakdown of the structures that we're experiencing and being kind of in this, you know, whole new world of negotiating what we want the future to look like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Well, I, I certainly hope that print publications remain because I love I like this last this last edition. I keep saying episode because in my world, they're episodes, but in your world, it's editions. The last edition of the Mountain Astrologer. I love having the print copy of it. And I know my my fam, my parents want to go get it. And so can you tell people where to get the Mountain Astrologer, the print version and or the digital version? Yes, absolutely. Um, And this is where, again, as I say, we're currently building our new digital library. We're kind of like right on this cusp. And so we've still got some old funky systems, but it's amazing. Um, So you can find us at pretty much every Barnes and Noble, most Whole Foods, um, and then little small specialty bookshops all over the country and in Canada. You can also go to our website, which is mountainastrologer.com. If you go to the subscriptions tab, right now we are offering um, $5 off all subscriptions with the promo code weirdwishes. Um, If you are also on our website, there's a red button that says digital edition. If you click there, you can go and get a digital only copy. So a single copy of the magazine. And again, a digital only copy with the promo code gift 20. Under the subscription tab, there is a shop. And if you go to shop, that's where you can get print issues. So single print issues. Perfect. All right. And we're going to put all of those links in the show notes and or in the description under the video, wherever you're watching this. So you can just go and look there and click links there. And Ray, is there anything else you want to share with us about the mountain astrologer or your journey or Saturn and Uranus and anything else you want to leave us with? Yeah. So one of the things that I always loved about Tim was he would say that, uh, you know, he never wanted to accept an award or do anything unless the whole team was represented. Hmm. And that's something that is so close to my heart. And I absolutely could not have done anything that I've done right now without the incredible team that I have. Um, And one of those being so Nan Geary, who has been the senior editor of TMA forever, but she's been an editor since 1998. um, And she has totally been our, you know, fairy godmother guiding uh, the fabulous Jen Zart. I'm sure many of you are familiar with her. She's an excellent astrologer in our community. Um, so she, Nan has really guided the two of us and um, again, our whole team. But uh, one of the things as far as this Saturn, Uranus square and the passing the baton, uh, something that Jen and I have been also working on, it's mostly her project. But so she recently purchased the Kepler library which again, physical books and is working on opening Kaylee, uh, which is an astrological, going to be an astrological library. And so we're really hoping to kind of make it a destination place um, be kind of this hub of the Renaissance of astrology. And again, both of us being so in love with 
print publications. And again, I'm glad you're on our team. Of yeah, there's nothing like it. You can't replace it. You just can't. Yeah. Yes. And I think one of the lessons you were talking about, um, the future. So again, us wanting to kind of create a physical space that people can come, you know, there's something about, you know, being able to yeah. tap into the energy when you are in yeah. person. Um, but so one of the things that Tim put on twice in the nineties was something called uh, planet camp. And it was his version of a conference. But so what he had in mind is he's like, I want it to be in nature and I don't want any, you know, fussy hotels and I don't want to have, you know, selected speakers. I want anyone who feels inspired to get on stage and talk about what they want to talk about, you know, and have it really be this, you know, free flowing kind of, you know environment and so depending on how everything moves forward with the world we would really love to bring planet camps back in 2023 i love it i love it and where <laughs> that's so fun and where is the um the bookstore going to be uh, so the library is going to be opening in olympia washington uh, they're actually like signing on the building like right wow. now oh my yesterday so um stay tuned it's going to be really exciting that is so amazing like that is the, that's just Awesome. I love hearing that. I love what you all are doing. I love the enthusiasm and the passion and we need all of it. Like everybody with their ideas and their visions and we bring it together and astrology will be like all around the world and people will get to benefit from it. Yes. So this is beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you all have enjoyed meeting Ray as much as I have because we had had several conversations, but I hadn't had the chance to like really dive in with her. So um, this was fun to do it with all of you as well. Um, and Ray, just keep going, like keep being that bright ray of sunshine that you are. And and I love that it's just like, yeah, we can do this. We can do anything. Let's go. Very good. Yeah. Good, good message for all of us right now, especially now. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And thank you for sharing your story in our pages. It's such an That's honor. It was such an honor. I'm just like, wow. I looked at it and was like, wow, they just, they did such an amazing job with this. Like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So yes, it was such a high honor to be included in the mountain astrologer. I was like, wow, whew, that's, that means a lot, a lot to me, to my team, to our community. So thank you very much for that, Ray. Okay, yeah. well, and Linda and Linda. Yes, and Linda. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Um, thanks for being here. Thank you for being a part of our community. And as always, Thank you for making astrology a part of your life. We'll catch you on the next episode. Hi, everyone. I'm Frank Clifford, and I wanted to invite you to the upcoming Empowering Astrology series. I'm going to work with you to get a whole new empowering perspective. We're going to recognize the invitations, the challenges, and the gifts in your birth chart, but also start to dismantle the fears and the prejudices. This three-week journey is happening live in October for three consecutive Wednesdays, and you'll have access to the recordings for life. You can find out more and join me at astrologyhub.com forward slash empowering astrology. Hope to see you there.